Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad you could join us. Before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all the good things that you have satisfied us with, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord, and to experience your goodness, Lord. We ask that you'll guide us through this devotional, Lord, that you'll show us those things that you have for us, Lord, and minister to our spirits so that we're able to progress and move forward in the plan that you have for each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. So glad to have you with us as we get into the Word and continue our study in the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 9, and this morning we're going to be reading and covering verses 11 through 15. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Charles. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Amen. All right. As is our custom, the floor is open, and each of you had the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So something interesting... Um, the charge you brought up in the previous episode that we did about the work of the of Jesus being able to cleanse our conscience and I just want to top, stop and take a moment and examine why that was important I mean it'd be easy for the Lord to just do one and that be the spirit because that was that's really the only important part when all is said and done because the dirt sack is going to turn back to dirt and the soul, I'm not exactly sure what happens to that, but I know the spirit returns back to the Lord if you make him your Lord and Savior, that you go um, and spend eternity into his presence. But he decided to do all three because it makes it hard for you to serve the Lord when you are constantly plagued by your sins and shortcomings, like for you to really focus on him and his goodness and completing the task that he has for you when you're constantly being bombarded and reminded by the adversary and your own flesh of, don't you remember when you did this? Don't you remember when you said that? Don't you remember when you failed in this area? And for most people, because at when the when those thoughts are coming, they aren't quite developed in their walk with the Lord and able to, you know, stand on their own they still need those training wheels like what you get on a bike when your kid is first learning to ride a bike other than a tricycle or a bike that's pushed by somebody else um 
that the adversary tries to derail you with those kinds of thoughts. And because of that, the Lord decided and in his mercy and his love for us and compassion to make it where we don't have to be subjected to that kind of condemnation that the adversary would try to bring against our minds because we fell short of the glory of God. And with that, if you choose to live in that, that's on you. You chose that, but you don't have to live under that anymore because Jesus redeemed you from that. So that's encouraging to read here and see in this next section that the Lord took away all hindrances. It wasn't just the tearing of the veil, the physical thing that you saw with your eyes. It was everything from there in between as well. Your own flesh that would have gotten in the way or your own um, mindset, if you will, that would have kept you apart from him. He destroyed every obstacle and barrier between you and him. So now you're able to freely enter into his presence and enjoy his goodness and all the ways he chooses to express it towards you. Amen. No, Charles. As you were speaking there, the Lord was reminding me of that we see, um, and we talked about this briefly instead of other um, episodes about how this is, um, Paul's beginning to transition on getting away from the blood of the bulls and the calves and the goats into the holy, um, Jesus Christ went to the holy of holies to offer his own blood as the sacrifice on the mercy seat and the blood that had to be there because it was necessary. And we left off in um, the previous section talking about how the difference between what is inside of heaven inside and what is on earth at this point, that this wasn't even the direct copy of what was shown inside the earth. Mm -hmm. This was a copy of a copy of a copy, mm -hmm. the copy of this first temple, which was a copy of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And how all these things no longer are the true representation of exactly what was inside of heaven. We see with Moses that he was told, make sure you make it according to what you have seen. Don't deviate from this. Mm -hmm. And while David was shown um, how to build the temple, it wasn't exact. Meaning that, well, meaning that it wasn't quite like how Moses had it, where he was shown on the mountaintop, do this and this is how it's going to go. It wasn't, um, let me paraphrase, let me not paraphrase it. Let me explain, but meaning that it was no longer the exact in the first that was given. It wasn't the first time that the Lord had told them to build a dwelling for him. Mm. So it wasn't the original dwelling place. He richly dealt inside the tabernacle of meeting with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. That's where he explicitly, Moses didn't ask to build it. He was told to build it. Mm -hmm. Whereas David had asked to build the Lord a house. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Whereas we see in the second. Well, that's one of the different. There are, there are multiple differences. Yes. Right? Um, namely, the dimensions changed. Mm -hmm. the, the materials changed. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the furnishings were different. They multiplied. Mm -hmm. Like the, the table for the showbread. Instead of the one table with 12 loaves of bread on it, there were 12 tables. Right. Yes. Th things of that nature were, were different. However, that, that was allowed by the Lord. Mm -hmm. So for, just for us to understand, um, but they weren't the only ones that received the instruction for the Lord's house. Ezekiel was also shown how to build the Lord's house. These are the dimensions. This is how it is to be done and teach the people these things. 
but also as you were getting at why. There was a also a representation, a type and a shadow, or if you will, of what already exists. But it was more the or the more important thing was it all pointed to the Lord and how we are to live out our lives in the Lord as his house. Right? Yes. Okay. So just so we understand those those couple points you're making more fully. But please continue. Yes, and how what we see is that they were it was no longer exactly what the Lord had said. It wasn't strictly what he had said according to every word that was spoken. As she said then that the Lord gave them some leniency. What we see like inside the first temple, they no longer had a curtain, they had doors. Solomon built doors for it. And he carved cherubim and blossoms and olive trees inside of it. So they had done away with the curtains to replace with doors. And how the Lord allowed it, he respected that because he's not looking at the outward part of it. He's looking more so at the heart. Solomon's heart at the time was towards the Lord. It was to be pleasing to the Lord. But what we have to understand is that the Lord is no, what the Lord is trying to show here is that while Jesus wasn't quote unquote a priest according to Aaron, how what they were looking for. The Levitical priesthood. Yes. Nor even was he the Christ that they expected to see, Mama. As you often tell us, they expected to see hulking muscles, um, somebody who was angry and was ready to deal with people. He was ready to get down to brass tacks. Mm-hmm. That's not what they saw. They saw a man who was loving, who was still willing to get down to brass tacks, but as the Lord told him to do so, not when he felt like it, like what we see with Samson. He wanted to do it when he felt like it. And he was not there to remove physical occupiers but yes. to save the souls of people to offer the pathway of salvation. He yes. was there for the, for the purpose that God had ordained, not for the purpose that humans desired. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we see here is that the Lord through the apostle Paul saying the temple is about to be done away with. So you have to understand that you're not, you're no longer bound by these rituals or ceremonies that they have been performing. Because they thought if the temple was no longer there, how are they going to be um, saved from their sins, essentially? They thought the temple was what helped them. Was that by sacrificing at the temple, their sins were covered and they're no longer guilty of them. Instead of realizing that it was a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he's talking and telling them that you no longer have to come to this one temple to offer your sacrifices. The Lord's not interested inside of sacrifices as we see inside of First mm-hmm. Samuel 15, I believe, when Saul, um, Samuel tells Saul that the Lord is not interested inside of sacrifices as much as he's interested inside of obedience. That's what he mm-hmm. wanted from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why he required the offerings because it was a demonstration of their obedience or disobedience. Exactly. It just proved what was inside of their heart. Mm-hmm. And a representation pointing, directing everyone towards Jesus as the Christ. Yes, and then, so the Lord is no not held up inside of that one regard by physical actions. He is more so looking at what is done inside the spiritual and what is occurring inside of there. The natural is going to reflect what's occurring in the spiritual, as you, mommy, dad, often tell us. The natural is not first. The Lord doesn't have to catch up with us as in what we're doing, but we're catching up with him. Mm-hmm. He's the one leading and guiding all the things that are happening in the earth according to what he wants. So what we see here is that he is describing that they're no longer bound by 
the rituals that they have been performing at this point and understanding that even with the um this lambs and the goats and the um, bulls, it can only provide a temporary covering because they weren't uh, blameless in the regard of how Jesus was blameless. They weren't humans either. They were just animals. And so the Lord was, meaning that with the blood of Jesus, it was specific. He was the lamb that the Lord was talking about from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he had the right to do so because he was, came down inside of flesh as a human. Whereas the blood of the animals, it really doesn't matter. Animals maim themselves. I mean, like a wolf will eat a lamb all day. But that blood doesn't cover sin. They had to be performed in a certain respect um, in way in order for it to cover it inside of this point. So what the Lord was showing to me was that as he's also bringing up and under, um, teaching them that with the blood of the bulls and the goats and the calves, it wasn't there to sanctify you forever. In the regard of how Jesus, that's what his blood is meant to do. He's not going in there every year, piercing himself in the side to make sure he has some blood to sprinkle on there. That's mm-hmm. not how he's doing it. As you, Mama, you often tell us that Jesus is not running there into the Holy of Holies after every time someone's saved to go reapply his blood. It's there mm-hmm. once and for all. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the blood of the bulls and goats, he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So once we understand that, that the Lord is the thing that's going to withstand time. It's not the physical or the rituals that we as humans think are going to because they've been done for such a long time. I'm making air quotes. They've mm-hmm. been, they're traditional. That's meaning that they have been there for a long time. We just do this because it's what we do. It's what the Lord says is going to be the thing that continues on. It's going to remain as you dad often tells that and mommy that we're not here to bend the Lord to our will, nor can we, mm-hmm. you can attempt to, but it's not going to happen. Even when the times that it seemed in scripture where the Lord answered their prayers is because the Lord put that on their heart. It wasn't the Lord mm-hmm. suddenly moving because they prayed for it because I've known I've sent prayers because saying, Lord, him. Mm-hmm. Lord do this for me. But I wasn't praying inside of line with what the Lord had. And I didn't see the result of it. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't in line with what he had mm-hmm. had for me inside that moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I saw a bit later, but when I was trying to press the Lord for it at that moment, I didn't see it because it's not when he was. Um, it wasn't inside of his will at that moment. I mean, that's kind of like inside of a train station. You come to certain cities at the appointed time. Right. You don't suddenly transport there or <laughs> teleport. You okay. come there in due time. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're never going to make it. Mm-hmm. If you're not there five minutes after you start, that just mm-hmm. means you're going to get there at a certain point in time. If you mm-hmm. are positioned. Yes. Right? If you stay on the train. You, you can't you depart the train and then think yeah. you're still going to arrive at the destination. Mm-hmm. Yes. And understanding that Jesus is here to um, get us to the destination in the regard of he's walking besides us to lead us into it. We still have to walk. It didn't say Jesus lifted his disciples and carried them to their next destination. They had to walk with them. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the Lord will translate if he wants to do that, but that's, yes. that's his business. Um, the Having the awareness that blood was necessary, blood was required for the remission of sins, is something that the Lord wanted demonstrated through the blood of bulls and goats and the spotless lamb and things of that nature. But he always intended that it would be the blood of the Messiah that would do the purifying and the cleansing work. 
um, inside and outside, but also there's a higher um, plane that this applies to, which is the heavenly. So, and we see that reflected in this chapter as we read. So keeping God's main thing as our main thing empowers our faith. When we get off subject and off topic with him and we start putting emphasis on the parts that he said, that's a inferior point. That's a, an aside. That's not the main thing. We get drawn astray if we choose to take that path. However, if we align ourselves with him and, and have the humble attitude to say, okay, Lord, you know, maybe this is what I thought in the past, but now you're showing me differently. I'm going to believe you and walk with you into what you have transitioned me to now. You know, just like babies when they're first born, they are designed to eat meat eventually, right? Yes, yes. but initially they cannot do it. it. It wouldn't be a wise thing to stick a hunk of steak in a newborn infant's mouth because their digestion, their breathing, their mouth, their reflexes are made to only consume milk, right? Yes, They're not yes. made for chewing at that time. They are equipped. They're designed to chew eventually, but right at the moment, they're not. So just being prepared to transition with understanding, right, that a baby has to transition to eating solid meat and being willing to transition and not going, well, God, you didn't give me teeth when I was born, so I must not be able to eat meat. I must not be supposed to, you know, do that. And that's wrong. But just staying in the mindset and the willing heart with the Lord is important in transition as he brings understanding to us and reveals to us his heart and his purpose that we walk alongside him and willingly go with him. I wanted to say this, um, as we were talking about the earlier parts of chapter nine of Hebrews and the, where we are now is that while he's telling them about the significance and how to properly hold and weigh the, what they were accustomed to, it's important to note that there were people that existed in Israel during Christ's life and ministry that understood him and yes. um, had an experience of being in line and in step with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna and Simeon, for example, met him in the temple, right? That was her name, yes, Anna, Rami. right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. They, these older people were looking for him. They were waiting for him and they knew to meet him on that day as an infant they were listening to the holy spirit and they were able to capture the heart and the movement of god not captured in the sense of put their thumb on it and control it but to perceive what god was actually doing and be there at that moment to connect with the fulfillment of the promise of the word of god to them because they each were waiting to see the lord before they died and they weren't there looking for a high priest with his little hat on his head and his little robe dangling and the little bells coming off of it. They weren't there looking for that. They knew to be looking for a baby. Yes, and maybe. then you see Daniel who was dispersed away from Israel, away from the temple. The temple was destroyed, but yet he continued in a strong walk with the Lord in close fellowship with God so that he's referenced by the Lord later as a righteous man who could, um, intercede before God, right? And the scripture calls them greatly yes, loved. Mommy. And that's not personal, personal favoritism. God loves all of us deeply. And Daniel had an understanding of that and had a closeness with God that would cause him to pursue God further and beyond the limitations of his flesh, the threat of harm and danger, and even the 
neglect that he may have seen from other people around him. Mm -hmm. He was in the midst of sorcerers and folks practicing witchcraft and soothsayers and all this other kind of nonsense, but yet he kept his faithfulness and his purity to God. So how can that be the case? <laughs> about Mordecai? I, I mean, there's countless others. There are, there are many examples that if you look through the word of God that would have been available to the Jews at that time that they could have said, wait, something's different about this. It wasn't because the temple didn't exist that God accepted them. It was because the, the people understood that their hope was not in these particular things. Because at this point, we have no, no evidence that Daniel sacrificed on his behalf. There would have been mm -hmm. nowhere to sacrifice, right? <laughs> but yet God still loved him and received him. So, so separating the um, hold of it has to be this place. It has to be done like in that way to say that this is what God is staking his hope on and then go, wait, it has to be something different that God is loving and accepting. So then let me stay fluent and fluid with him so he can take me spiritually, mentally, physically, and with my understanding to the place that he desires for me to be in. Does about, that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, mommy. A couple more examples about Job. Mm -hmm. According to historians, the first book written in the Bible. What about Noah? Mm -hmm. uh, there clearly wasn't a tabernacle for Noah. Abraham didn't have one either. Exactly. So, but yet it says about Job that he sacrificed daily. Noah clearly talks about him also giving sacrifices and praise to the Lord. And, and then I also bring those up because you, you were talking about there uh, as an example for us, right? About their depth of relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. in spite of everything going on around them. Mm -hmm. The Lord specifically utilizes those individuals. It says if Daniel and Job and Noah were here, they'd only be able to save themselves or in, in another place, I believe it's Ezekiel. I think one's in Jeremiah and one's in Ezekiel. He says, if Moses and Samuel were here, they'd only, right. They'd only be able to, to save themselves. Mm -hmm. But it shows that, that that depth of relationship and that the Lord is truly looking for and desires with us. We also have to examine ourselves and go, yeah, or ask ourselves and go, Lord, do I truly want that type of relationship with you or am I settling for a lesser mm -hmm. than your best? A distant and removed relationship. Hmm. I mean, he already brought it. He already shed his blood, mm -hmm. which is here. the requirement for redemption. Jesus' blood, that's it. So what are we desiring as far as our, what our relationship looks like with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Surface deep or eternally deep? It's a question each one has to ask and answer for themselves. So there's a lot in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely want to allow time for everyone to, to meditate on that before the Lord and, mm -hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So we're going to pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for who you are, Lord, your nature and your character, Lord, that you always wanted us to be one with you, Lord, and that you were willing to make a way for us to 
be reunited with you, Lord, for all those who would choose your name and your word above their own will, Lord, above their own thoughts and ideas. And we thank you for your mercy towards us, Lord, that you gave us this opportunity to make a choice. And we thank you for this word this morning, Lord, that it ministered to our needs, Lord, that it built us up on our most holy faith, Lord, and strengthened us to carry out the task that you have assigned to each and every one of us, Lord, and do it in victory, Lord, because you called us champions in you, Lord. We thank you for the strength of Jesus that girds us, Lord, as we go to school and we go to work, Lord, that we are and we have the mind of Christ, Lord, that we're able to perceive your movement, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, and that we're able to be in step and in line with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In amen. Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.